Well, as I said to uh, our St. Michael's people yesterday, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of Holy Week focus seemingly a lot on the figure of Judas. And uh, in, in both the Monday and Tuesday readings are from the Gospel of John, and, and Judas is, is featured as kind of a central figure. And then on Wednesday, uh, it's as if John doesn't have enough passages uh, about Judas, so that we actually, to find another passage on Judas, we go to Matthew, and we see the kind of the backroom deal that, that Judas makes with the Pharisees to betray uh, our Lord. And uh, it's important, as I said yesterday, it's important to understand, you know, the scriptures are not just kind of like picking on Judas for the sake of picking on Judas, but in all of these uh, exposés of the different figures that we find in Passion Week, we're really supposed to reflect upon our own lives. How are we like Judas? How are we like Peter? Uh, how might we be like St. John, for example? And uh, in today's reading, all three of those individuals are, are uh, presented to us in a special way. I want to focus, though, on, on what it says right in the beginning of our passage. It says that reclining at a table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled. Jesus was deeply troubled. In the Gospel of John, it only it says only three times. Uh, it kind of like it talks about Jesus's interior, his emotions, his feelings. Um, three times. Um, here, in the previous chapter, in, in uh, 12, and then also uh, where the scene where he raises Lazarus from the dead. It says Jesus was troubled. He was moved in spirit. He was troubled over what was going on with Lazarus, his death, and the mourning of his family and friends. Uh, even in the case of Lazarus, though, and the, the grief that we see Jesus expressing, at Lazarus's death, um, it's not a it's not a sentimental uh, feeling that Jesus had. Uh, it wasn't a superficial emotional response to Jesus's pride or ego <laughs> being wounded, uh, but rather our Lord, uh, as a fully human being, shared uh, in human emotions. But he did this in connection with. His divine knowledge. So we got to understand that. It's a very interesting combination. Because Jesus is both God and man, he has God's knowledge and man's feelings. Okay? That's a, that's a really unique combination. Because our feelings are usually a response to our wounded pride. Okay? Um, our petty egos. And so our feelings get hurt because we're insulted or offended at someone that they did something to us or they said something to us or we misinterpreted something or whatever it might be. But Jesus, because he has unlimited knowledge, he has the mind of God, his purview and his vision of the world is not focused on himself. And so what he feels in his human heart is the pain of all humanity. And moreover, the tragedy of humanity's betrayal of Christ, that he's, Jesus knows that he's condemned the cross because of our sins. So in the garden when Jesus said, uh, you know, Abba, all things are possible to you if it be possible, take this cup from me, yet not what I will but what you will, 
he's afraid, certainly, of the tortures that he's going to experience uh, in the Passion. It, there's no doubt about it, he was afraid. But the greatest torture and the most terrible part of the sufferings of the Passion is because of the betrayal of human beings. And that it's their betrayal and their ingratitude and their indifference towards his love for them and towards his his sacrifice for them. Uh, it's that which was the most terrible part of his passion. So he's taking upon himself the sins of all human beings who have ever lived from the beginning of the first rational human being to the last human being that's born on this earth. Christ is taking upon himself the sins of all human beings. And in his omniscience and his all his divine knowledge, he sees each one of us individually, every single one moment of our lives. So, you know, 2,000 years ago in the days of Christ's earthly ministry, his knowledge was not limited to that time period. He foresaw all of us as individuals even before we were conceived and born and lived on this earth. And every single moment of our lives was present to him when he was at the, at the Last Supper in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so when it says his soul is deeply troubled, he's actually looking at our sins. He's looking at our sins. And our sins are deeply troubling him. So it's not just about Judas. <laughs> Obviously, Judas's betrayal is, is a source of great grief for him. But it's, it's Judas as an example, a prime example in this case, of the general betrayal of all human beings. Uh, the, the indifference, the irresponsibility of Pilate. Um, Peter's good intentions, but maybe a little bit overconfidence, boastfulness, and his betrayal as well. Okay, His denial. Peter betray, uh, denied him three times. Um, and uh, the, the Jewish populace as a whole that said, crucify him, crucify him. This, these are just examples of sins that you and I commit, and that human beings in general all over the world, from the beginning of history to the end of time, commit. And it's that which grieves him deeply. So you see the combination of him, his divine knowledge, and yet his human heart and his human feelings. So that's the bad news. This is the good news, though. And this Holy Thursday, we're going to have a very special opportunity to enter into this reality. The good news is that just as much as our sins in our lifetimes here and now uh, were a source of grief and sorrow for Christ during his passion, so also our faith, our charity, our sensitivity to those whom Christ loves, our love for those whom Christ loves, our acts of devotion and faith, all of those were counterbalancing sources of consolation for Jesus in his passion. And so Thursday, Holy Thursday night, we're going to journey with Christ from the Last Supper, from the Cenacle, and we're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. So when the, when the Blessed Sacrament is transferred from the altar to, we're going to set up another altar called the Altar of Repose, and it's going to be over on that side of the sanctuary. And it's going to be a special symbol of the Garden of Gethsemane. And we have the opportunity from 8 o'clock to midnight to join Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's not just symbolic, it's literal, because of Jesus' divine knowledge. So it's truth, this is not just metaphor, that us spending time with Jesus Thursday night is really 
a source of consolation for him in the Garden of Gethsemane 2,000 years ago. That he foresaw, uh, you know, Tom spending that half an hour with him on, in the year 2018. Christ foresaw that. And that was, that was a source of consolation for him, just as much as our sins uh, were a source of sorrow for him. So this is a great opportunity, really, to console the heart of our Lord. And I invite us all to, to participate. Uh, some of you already have signed up, but if you haven't, you know, sign up. And we're going from 8 o'clock to midnight. If you can only do half an hour, do half an hour. But ideally, you would, you'd like to do an hour, because Jesus says to the apostles in the Garden of Gethsemane, can you not wait with me one hour? Can you not watch with me one hour? Can you not pray with me one hour? And so this Holy Thursday, and in general, though, as we journey with Christ through Holy Week, we say, yes, Lord, we, we will watch with you. Yes, Lord, we will pray with you. Yes, Lord, we will be a source of consolation to your human sacred heart.